Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. San Diego County is working on an ordinance that will improve the lives of women and girls. It's called CEDAW, which stands for the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. Parisa Ijadi Magsudi is the vice chair of the San Diego County Commission on the Status of Women and Girls. She is also a poverty attorney and an adjunct professor here in San Diego. Well, Parisa, thank you so much for joining me. I was hoping you could tell me about how you got involved in this cause and why you're so passionate about it. Thank you for having me, Christy. And on behalf of our commission, um, I thank you and the Union Tribune for inviting us to speak about this exciting um, effort. So I, I confessed yesterday in the commentary uh, in, the, in the Tribune, I confessed that I did not always consider the women's rights movement to be my movement. Um, I, of course, honored the gains made by its, its amazing leaders knocking down barrier after barrier, and I championed the ongoing pursuit of equal pay. But I'll be honest, the mantras of women, you know, making only 77 cents on every dollar that men made, that, that didn't reflect the wage gap of black and brown women, of minoritized women, of recently incarcerated women, and the barriers they faced. So for example, in 2020, I believe um, the wage gap was uh, 79 or the, the percentage of wages white women made compared to black white men was 79%, but it was 63% for black women and 55% for Latina women. So in other words, I, I didn't really see intersectionality and this recognition of the ways in which racism and um, other forms of discrimination really compound on each other to oppress specific groups of, of women, particularly the women I worked with as a poverty attorney over the past decade across the state. So I didn't consider the movement to be necessarily centering the needs of, of those who were most disadvantaged by our structures. Um, and frankly, I, I felt the movement was more focused on advancing the gains of, of women um, whose basic needs had already been, been met. Um, that all changed in, when I had the privilege of attending the, the 63rd United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. Uh, I was able to do this through the great work of the United Nations Association, San Diego chapter, the leadership of Bettina Hausman, and the National Association of Women Judges under the leadership of then President uh, Judge Akima. And so as I wrote in the piece um, published yesterday, uh, the air in the United Nations headquarters in New York City was just electric with discussions, with evidence-based solutions, with ideas about not just pay equity, but how we can address inequities at all levels of society globally. And so it became clear to me that these discussions were just so valuable because they were looking at you know, um, basic access to public services. They were looking at creative evidence-based solutions um, and how you can tie those solutions to uh, specific inequities you're seeing in your own, your own communities. Um, and I think most, most exciting for me was the discussion about uh, poverty. You know, it really resonated with me that there's this recognition globally that women in poverty have the least access to opportunities. And addressing that in your um, in your efforts to address gender equity um, is essential because the goal is to lift us all 
up and achieve gender equity for all, not just for, for the privileged, privileged few. Um, I also learned something that I'll never forget, which is we need to stop using language like defend and protect. We need to be advancing and asserting the rights of women, not defending and protecting um, or using other, other language. So it, it certainly got me uh, fired up, for lack of a better word, and really interested in how we can bring some of those global solutions and ideas home. And one way to do that is through CEDA, which, as you mentioned, is the United Nations Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, an international human rights treaty that is, is aimed at achieving gender, gender equality. And so locally, we are absolutely working on and excited about um, our Board of Supervisors uh, moving forward with developing a CEDA ordinance, because even though President Jimmy Carter signed uh, the convention, the United Nations is one of only six uh, United Nations member, I'm sorry, United States is only one of six United Nations member states that have not yet ratified the, the treaty. Fortunately, many localities in the United States are and have adopted local CETA ordinances to reflect the principles of, of CETA and to advance gender equity um, in, their, in their region. And now San Diego is on its way to being one of those uh, localities. So on November 16th, the Board of Supervisors, our Board of Supervisors, unanimously approved an action to develop a CETA ordinance and implementation plan. So the specific recommendation from supervisors Flet uh, Nathan Fletcher and Nora Vargas um, was for the board that the board approved was for the County Office of Equity and Racial Justice to work with our commission on drafting a CETA ordinance to begin the process of an equity strategy uh, for, for the, the, our, the county in our, in our region. And so during that board meeting, uh, for those that tuned in or who have or who have listened to the recording, I particularly appreciated Supervisor Lawson Reamer's contributions, given her work with the, the United Nations and on, on international issues. And since then, our CDOC committee on the Commission on the Status of Women and Girls has been working with the county on doing just that, preparing a draft ordinance. And this past Monday, our commission approved the language for a draft, which allows that draft to then be open for public input and, and comment. Um, ultimately, of course, it is the Board of Supervisors that will have the final decision and the need to approve any draft CEDA ordinance. But we are about to um, be involved in public forums where we are urging the public to get involved so that we are ensuring that we are um, uh, preparing an ordinance that reflects the needs of not some, but all women and girls in, in our, um, in our uh, region. And I'd be happy to share some other region, how, what's happened in some other regions, if that would be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so if we could just back back up, I do want to talk about the implications and the possible improvements here in, in San Diego. But you mentioned that the United States um, was, you know, one of a handful of, of nations in the UN not to pass CEDAW. Why not? 
That's a great question. And I encourage folks to hear directly from the experts about why not, and also what the efforts are currently nationwide to, to move towards uh, that step. And so there is, um, it's perfect timing in the next couple of weeks. Um, starting now, folks can register actually for a conference taking place in the next couple of weeks, which is um, that conference I attended a few years ago. The, and all folks need to do is go to um, ngocsw.org. And the NGO, the NGO CSW um, conference or events um, include the civil society part of the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. And they run events that are open to the public to register and participate in remotely that include discussions about CEDA at the, at the national level. And so I encourage folks to sign up for that. There's also um, an effort um, that, that's very closely related uh, that I'm a part of statewide under the leadership of Nancy Bermue from Santa Clara, and that's the CDOT challenge. And so we have local elected officials who are signing off, signing on on the support of um, CDOT efforts at the, at the local level, um, running parallel to the, the great nationwide work that is, that is happening. So excellent, excellent question there. Um, and then when it comes to for next steps and implication locally, the CETA ordinance um, really, in, in my mind, can be boiled down to two things. Number one, a mechanism for conducting intersectional data analyses to identify inequities. And then once we've identified those inequities through the data, the development and implementation of an action plan responsive to those specific inequities. And so um, this is gonna cover, uh, assuming adoption by the board, this would cover everything from employment and promotion to the administration of public benefits. Um, so traditionally uh, what was called welfare, um, all through this intersectional gender equity framework. So in San Francisco, for instance, um, the adoption of a CEDA ordinance resulted in gender-specific programming for women on probation and the allocation of street artists, artist licenses in a way that did not disadvantage women with childcare responsibilities. So really granular approaches to what were identified as um, inequities faced by, by women. Los Angeles, um, their ordinance actually led to a 12-fold increase in the value of contracts awarded annually, annually to certified women-owned businesses. And so that's an increase of 3 million to 43 million a year for women-owned businesses in, in the city of, of Los Angeles. And all this is possible, of course, with, with data, knowing where the inequities are and then drafting uh, policy changes or solutions that, uh, that effectively tear down those, those barriers that we know exist, but we need to, to conduct the analysis to be able to, to take uh, responsive, responsive action. Yeah, I, I know that a lot of data needs to be collected, um, but do you know, I mean, how, how would the commission go about it? You know, what, um, what sectors or what issues would you look at? That's a great question. So, the, the goal is to 
be as broad as we can in looking at the um, the data through an intersectional gender analysis at all levels of, of county programs and departments. The specific areas that are currently listed, uh, listed in the draft ordinance, which is open for public comment, are economic development, which includes administration of public benefits, their criminal legal system, um, which includes women who, who are impacted by the criminal legal system, voting rights and civic engagement, including um, uh, date, um, the number and percentages of women on boards, on commissions, um, healthcare, gender-based violence and harassment, and housing and, and homelessness. And so those are the areas currently listed in the, the draft. And we are hosting two public forums where we are looking for the public to join us and share their, their thoughts, their contributions, um, discuss their unmet needs to strengthen that, that draft ordinance. And we are excited to have um, two subject matter experts, including a colleague from Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has uh, conducted an intersectional gender analysis. So we'll be hearing more from how other jurisdictions have used this type of analysis to create action plans to remedy existing uh, disparities. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about this topic or about how people can get involved and be heard? Thank you, absolutely. So the two public forums are occurring on March 19th at 11 a.m and March 22nd at 6 p.m. Those are going to be via Zoom, and we are in the process of uh, producing a flyer, which will have all that information, and will be um, available for, for folks to, to see. But I, I just wanna reiterate that, you know, to ensure a seat out ordinance that reflects the pressing needs of all women and girls in our community, uh, participation is vital, whether through the forums, whether through emailing and comment or suggestions. Um, but together, we can work towards a strong ordinance that really reflects the needs of all women and girls, as intended by this global intersectional um, poverty-centered uh, uh, approach to, to gender, gender, um, gender justice. Okay, well said, Parisa, thank you for this information and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. We'll be back tomorrow.